Hi, welcome back to the Give and Go. I'm your co-host Reynoso here with my boy. I'm Saltero. So I see some of y'all wondering, what's the name of this? Bro, that song is a banger. It's I a love that song. intro song. Good I intro love song. it. I be listening to it all the time. It's called Invincible by Orcas. And that's Orcas O-R-K-A-S. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's an interesting way of spelling it. But Invincible, it's a banger. It's a banger. The moment I heard, I was like, it's copyright free and it's perfect for the give and go. So perfect. let's use it for the intro. Shout out producer Ruff for saying that up for us. But we are back, man. We are back. How you guys feeling, man? How you guys feeling? Let me know in the chat. How you guys feel after match day six? We're six days into this thing. Not even a week, though. It's crazy because crazy. we were looking back on the uh, Ecuador-Qatar game. And I was like, bro, it's only been like five. That was only like five days ago. Only five days ago. The way time progresses during a international tournament is bizarre, man. I feel like I'm in a different dimension at times. But and For real, though, yeah. I actually don't know what day it is, what time it is at, at <laughs> all, bro. At, like, yeah, at I, all. I didn't even know it was Thanksgiving until like, I got home and my mom was cooking turkey, bro. <laughs> I didn't real? know. I didn't know. For real. I didn't know. But uh, and more so with Qatar being like so weird on like time schedule, getting yeah. up at 3 a.m. to watch the games. Right. Like it's a different experience, man. We're going to talk USA England first. I think that has we to have be the to, first yeah, talking point. Group we B. just got done watching that match upstairs. Uh, Group B saw two uh, saw the soccer versus football battle come into play, man. We've built it up, bro. This U.S. team is different nowadays. They're different. They've got a, a lot of ballers on this team, a so lot of good many. talent. And England, likewise, came off of an incredible 6-2 win against Iran. And we were thinking, this team is a powerhouse. This team is a contender. This team is looking good. Yeah. What we saw today really, really uh, shifted my thoughts on certain things. Yeah. But before I get into what, what shifted in my mind, I want to know what shifted within your mind in this game specifically. Well, I, for me, once again, the U.S. proved to me that this is an impressive team, dude. This team came here to play. I said before the tournament, this is the most talented and most skilled U.S. squad that has ever existed. And I think in that second half against Wales, and in my opinion, both halves against England, they showed that. This team was incredible. Pulisic, just getting on the ball. The amount of good touches that he, he had great. and being able to penetrate and just go at this English defense was honestly, there, there was a point, I think it was like in the 30th, 40th minute when the U.S. were really pounding England's defense. And there's like a tear in my eye, man. Because <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was like, oh my God. Uh, yeah, I have never yeah. seen a CONCACAF team dominate a big European powerhouse like the way that England or the way that the U.S. did today. I've never seen it. Even in Costa Rica's big run, they never really dominated their games. They just were able to play very, very well. For In my opinion, for 50 minutes out of the 90 in this game, the U.S. dominated England. And I don't think I've ever seen nah, that. Mexico, France, 2010. But was France a big powerhouse going it's into France, it? France, bro. Nah, but yes. not, not the same way. Yeah, not the same way because France ended finalists get, in 20, 2006. Yeah, but didn't they get out in the? the France were they terrible didn't make out that the group because, yeah, they Mexico, didn't make out because the group. Mexico beat them. Yeah, but that was very very different because England are expected to go all the way. Canada, Belgium, twenty twenty two. Right, but but at the end of the day, Belgium ended up beating Canada, mm -hmm. so it's very very mm -hmm. different, I think, in my opinion. Um, but. The, the, the way that the U.S. played really was so, so impressive, man. And I'm left a little bummed, though, to be completely honest. I'm so bummed because there was a moment in that game where I thought the U.S. was going to get a result. 
There were so many penetrative moments, moments where Serginho Des was getting on the ball in wide positions, having a chance to send in crosses, or McKinney turning, de- uh, th- turning the English midfield and getting in really good spots. Yunus Musa getting on the ball, doing what we had predicted he would do and just go at defenses. But it led to nothing, man. At the end of the day, like... We got a g- couple of good moments. Obviously, the biggest one was Weston McKinney's shot, right? Yeah, where, where, or Pulisic's post. Yeah, Pulisic's post. Yeah, yeah, there were two really, really good chances. I thought McKinney's was probably an even easier chance, but he ended up skying it. But other than those two moments, the U.S. just penetrated a lot, but there were no clear shots on goal or not even real half chances. So I, I ended up getting, like, teased at the end of the day because yeah. – the the build-up play from the U.S. was phenomenal. It was awesome. It, it was, was awesome. phenomenal. We at at certain points we looked like we were English. You know what I mean? <laughs> like from that European perspective, we looked like we invented the sport and we were yeah. passing around this English defense. Yeah, major passing major them. Premier League soccer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for real though, we looked incredible, man. And so I felt teased at the end of the ninety minutes because I'm just like, shit. We couldn't get at least one goal, and I felt like we deserved it, and I'm just bummed we didn't get it because, my God, man, the performance deserved at least one goal for the United States. Yeah, I think there's a number of players that we could highlight on the U.S. side that actually really impressed us. Matt Turner was great on the ball today. Oh, he was fantastic. He was great on the ball. Uh, I thought Serginho Des was really well, ultimately, at the end of the day. Yeah. Robinson had a shaky start, but then kind of fizzled out and managed to find his stability throughout the match. Pulisic was great as well. Oh, being dude, a, he, was he was dangerous on the ball every single time. Every time. Timothy Weah had good moments as well. Tyler Adams had a crucial steal at one point. He was really good, as t- he was really good too. Tim Reams bouncing back from that big mistake he made in the, yeah. the Wales game, playing yeah. really good this match. Overall, the whole team played really well, but I feel, bro, I feel like I got blue-balled, man. I got blue ball, bro. This is the one time. This is the, probably the most support I've ever given the U.S. national team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I also wish that it ended in something truly special. Looking at some of these comments, Chris V says, I, can, I can't believe, I can believe how disappointing this game was. This was finally the chance to show everyone here in the States how exciting this game could be. And there wasn't even a single goal. Love the pod, though. And I actually want to extend to that point because – at the end of the game, we heard, because I was watching it on Fox, Stu Holden was trying to explain that, oh, this is a really good draw. And that's what this result ends up being. You have to explain to the casual fan that, oh, no, 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 no. This was a good result for the U.S. We went toe-to-toe with England. Nil-nil is a good result. Whereas if they had just scored, if we had goals in this game, then it would have been apparent to everybody in the States that the U.S. men's national team is a good football team. But now it's nil-nil, and people are just going to be left, as you and I are, blue-balled. They're going to be like, huh, we look good, I guess, but nil-nil, I guess we're not that good, is what it's going to be for a lot of casual U.S. men national team fans. And that's what really frustrates me because, I, again, I, for me, I have never seen a U.S. men's team play as technical and as fluid as we USA did today. Did, yeah, dude, their touches never. were so good, man. So crisp. Their chemistry was so nice offensively. Oh my God. And they were forming some incredible chances. Yes. All they needed was a good cross in to potentially have a really good shot, yeah. but it never really came, man. It, it never came. Didn't. Outside that Weston McKinney shot, yeah. it never really came. So I like this comment here from Luis Vivera. Looks like European football has met their match today. Ecuador, USA, and Iran all faced European sides and either tied or defeated them. Yeah. So that, that is really interesting. 
Uh, on the other side, though, England, dude. England, mm -hmm. coming off of a 6-2 victory, I thought they were going to be looking great going into this game. And a part of me was thinking, this is going to be 4-0 for England. Yeah. USA gets dismantled and they yeah. get proven wrong. But Southgate ball, bro. Southgate ball. I think that's what we saw today, man. I think I, what we saw today is the reason why this English squad gets criticized so much because they can be so erratic. They can play so well against certain teams and then against others, falter completely. Oh, yeah. I don't know why Phil Foden didn't get any minutes today, man. They needed a way to break into that USA defensive line. Phil Foden is made for that, man. Born mm -hmm. and bred. Never saw, the, never saw any minutes. Instead, we saw Henderson get minutes. Mm -hmm. Jack Grealish as well. Uh, and Southgate in general, I think, I don't know, maybe he just didn't do his homework well enough on this team, didn't do his mm -hmm. homework on the U.S. squad because I almost felt like they went in a little too cocky, a little too reliant on just their overall on their overall skill, which does deliver good results at times. But it does. when a U.S. team has preparation and has the quality to battle against the English squad, I don't think they came prepared, man. And I think what we saw from England today is truly concerning because – What's going to happen when they face an even better team with better players? Yeah. I don't see this team getting past the quarterfinals if they continue playing at this level, man. England were poor, in my opinion, today. For 50 minutes, they got absolutely outclassed and outplayed by this U.S. team. Um, for England, it gets really interesting because I do think they were just simply underprepared and a little arrogant as well. Mm -hmm. They approach this match i think with the idea that oh we beat iran if we consider the u.s to be just a little bit better than iran then we should win this game that's how i saw the english play this or approach this match because as you kind of saw throughout the game england played very slow they were content with just passing it around the back and choosing their moments when to go forward whereas the u.s Pulisic was begging for the ball. Yeah. He was begging for it so then he could just penetrate against this English defense. And I think that was the stark difference between the two sides. England were just like, look, we don't really care about the U.S. We, don't even, we probably didn't even do our homework against them, so we're just going to play slow, and if we get a chance, we'll get a chance because we have the class and the skill that should get us a result, as you already pointed out. That's how I saw England, just in, in a way, a very arrogant approach, and it completely showed because they got outplayed for, I would say, a majority of this game. And that really disappoints me, though, because... If England had a sense of urgency, which they they didn't they have didn't any have sense of urgency, yeah. if they had that, then I think they actually would have put the U.S. on the ropes for at least spells throughout this game. It, you, we, it showed in the first 10, 15 minutes of this game where England broke the U.S. men's line like twice very, yes. very easily, and that actually led to the very clear Harry Kane chance. But after that... They stopped because the U.S. men's national team got got sturdier. They got more disciplined. And from there on out, it got very difficult for England to break those lines. And since there was no urgency, no real fight for it, England just kind of uh, uh, like pattered out towards the middle yeah. of the game. Yeah. So I was just very, very disappointed from that perspective for England because they're so much better than that. But as you already said, going into the tournament, they've, they've shown that they have a lot of complacency about their game to where they just don't really show up in some of these matches. And tonight was one of those. They just didn't show up straight up. And their pure individual skill is what got them this nil-nil draw. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Let me read some comments here over the game. We'll talk about Netherlands, Ecuador in a second. I see the comments here dropping about that. Uh, swap no Mishra. Mount has to be dropped. He is a crime against the number 10 role. Put Grealish in that spot. England looked different. Interesting take. Interesting take. 
Uh, Iran couldn't even tie with England. Lost two to six. USA tied and held England to zero. Uh, that's something that stood out to me, though. The defense that the USA had outside of the one point where they let Harry Kane get in right. behind them. Other than that. Other than that, dude, they were so solid. They were man. amazing. So solid. And it actually really impressed me because yes. Zimmerman and Tim Marine and Matt Turner as well. Yeah. My goodness, his ball playing ability today was wildly confident. Dude. So confident. Never seen anything like it. Uh, was really good. Was really, really good. And they just, it got to a point where I was looking at England. I was thinking, you guys are not going to find a way to break this defensive line. Everyone, every time that they try to penetrate or get clever or get kind of witty on the ball, there was always a USA defender there to back his teammate up if needed, yeah. to come through for them and to get that ball back and regain possession. Offensively, there were good spells. There were really good spells where USA took over, but Such good spells. I just, I can't believe it didn't end in a goal, man. Know, and so we get a 0-0 at the end of the day, maybe stalemate but uh it sets up for an interesting situation now going forward into match day or round three for this specific group mm. england now has what four points at the top of the group usa has two wales has one yeah. and iran is in second with three man yeah, yeah. usa is scheduled to face off against iran let's do a poll here producer run usa versus iran what's the results here on the other hand um well, no, let me not get to the Wells-Iran game first. Let me talk, let's talk about the USA-Iran match first. Let's talk about what this match and the implications of it are going to be. Well, well actually, let's talk about Wales-Iran we? first. Yeah. Because yeah. then we'll do group analysis. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Because okay. to finish this English thing uh, analysis, though, because people are making some really good points. Why not take Mount out? Why not maybe p p start Grealish or start Phil Foden, for example? Yeah. Thing is, though, Southgate, as I've already said before, definitely has favorites on this squad. Foden has never really featured for Southgate, and I think there's a reason. Southgate just doesn't like him, I think, at the end of the day. As blatant or as controversial as that sounds, that's what it is. He does not play Foden. Foden has never really had a moment in an English jersey, and for some weird reason, Southgate just won't even give him a chance. It's bizarre, man. That pisses me off, man. It's that bizarre. Me off, Foden is absolute class. Dude. And for as good, right, uh, absolute, absolute class. class. And for as good as Grealish is, and even even Grealish coming on today showed that he could actually provide a little bit of creativity, for mm -hmm. example, because I thought he had some good touches when he came on. Thing is, Grealish almost never starts for England, no matter what. Southgate prefers Sterling in that wide left position. It doesn't matter Sterling's form or anything. Sterling has almost always started. I don't know what it will take for Southgate to change that. So that's where it's going to get really interesting for England going forward is maybe this is the game that's going to make Southgate question his tactics. I don't know because I, I, I'm sure like Southgate and like us, I'm sure that most people probably saw England winning this game, maybe somewhat comfortably 2-0 perhaps. But at the end of the day, the U.S. went completely toe-to-toe -to -toe and were better than them for large stretches throughout this game. So Southgate has to look at himself, has to look at his squad and be like, okay, look, I'm getting something wrong here. There's got to be a way to maximize the talent on this team because right now I just don't think it's getting maximized. The U.S. completely nullified England's attack, bro. Sterling was non-existent today. Non-existent. And that's bad considering how good Sterling is and 
how good uh, supposedly the midfield is behind him. I thought Bellingham struggled today to get oh, yeah. on the ball, but oh, that's yeah. credit to the work that McKinney, Moose, and Tyler Adams put in that midfield today. They completely canceled out uh, a- any of England's creativity in that midfield. They couldn't do shit, bro. Harry Kane tried to do what he did. He got in some good touches, but for the most part, he had absolutely zero help. Even Bukayo Saka had good moments, but for large portions of this game, bro, Anthony Robinson and any other midfielder trying to defend for the U.S. canceled him out. So whatever Southgate has to do, he has to somehow find a way to get England's offense involved because today it was not it, bro. Yeah, and it, it was not. What's it. crazy, man, is that the player that stood out to me the most for England specifically was Harry Maguire. Mm. I thought he was the Hit backbone for why they were able to get a clean sheet at the end of the day. He was great, man. Yeah. We saw England Harry come through for this team and put in a really good performance. Those corner kick headers he had, man, saved the game. There yeah. are multiple times where I was like, USA oh. might get a chance here to, to score off of a corner, and he would just save them and bail them out every single time. Yeah. Defensively, I thought England was really solid at the end of the day with how little they – or how well they guarded those USA players that were trying to be dangerous attacking into their uh, box. But everything else offensively just didn't work. Just didn't work. And it's interesting because Southgate went with the exact same lineup as he went with in the Iran game. And in one way, I don't blame him because they went off. Yeah, great game. Yeah. But now moving forward into that third match against Wales, is he going to tinker with it, man? Or is he going to be stubborn about it? Mm. Is he going to switch something up? People are saying in the chat that Rashford should have started over Saka, perhaps Phil Foden. There's other players in line that could really go in and and make a point to or have a point to prove offensively. And I think given what we saw today, it might be worth it, especially with how Sterling was literally invisible, bro. Invisible. Invisible. Let me look at some of these results. Who wins USA versus Iran? We'll talk about that more in a second, but I want to see 51% says USA and 31% says Iran. We actually have a big uh, Iran contingent here watching our stream. So shout out to anybody from Iran, man. Let me see the super chat we have here from Daniel Carrasco. USA casuals will be the reason I never support them. They don't deserve World Cup ecstasy. They can keep their Super Bowls. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. There's a frustration with, with USA having such a good squad, even right now, and them not really getting the credit they deserve. If they were, if they were South American, bro, people oh, would be supporting this team like no other, man. Bro. If Venezuela was playing the way that USA is playing right man. now, they'd have everyone behind them, man. So I, I get that frustration. Yeah. Sar one. What do you guys think about Reyna not playing? Also, really curious on your take on Poland versus Saudi Arabia. We'll preview the Poland-Saudi Arabia game at the end. For now, let's talk about Reyna getting a few minutes here, man. Coming in, and uh, you saw that shot of his dad, his father, Claudio Reyna, USA legend, looking nervous as hell. And we had a discussion about, man, can you imagine your son going out on the pitch of a World Cup match, bro? I'd be so nervous. Man, no. I'd be so nervous. Every touch, I'm just like, come on, son. Come on. Make your father proud. <laughs> yeah. But he got like eight minutes or ten and minutes. And he touched the ball maybe twice yeah. just because yeah, at that point, England were starting to d- dominate the possession. Yeah, I'm a little um, disappointed. I, 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 And just the situation. Not so much Gio Reyna himself, but I don't know. It sounds like he might be a little knocked up, a little yeah. injured. And there's there's got to be a reason for why he isn't getting the starting nod and ultimately not that many minutes this World Cup. Yeah, my my conclusion as to why Reyna is not getting really any uh, specific minutes at this World Cup is because of his defense. I think Burhalter really likes hard-working wingers. When you look at the players that he starts out wide and the players that he has started out wide in World Cup qualification, they're all basically 
front-to-back type of wingers. If you think of Christian Pulisic out on the left, Pulisic is the heartbeat of the U.S.'s offense. But not only that, he's a fighter. He will rough up any opponent that he faces. Pulisic has that passion, right? And if you look at who's played out on the right, right now it's Timothy Weah. Weah's a monster right now. He's a big guy who's able to get up and down that flank on the right side. Very uh, threatening when he gets the ball. But we've seen Weah track back all the way and, yeah, he's, and, yeah. and help Serginho Dest exactly. defend. Because uh, I think Weah kind of has that knack of also fighting. And when you look at Brendan Aronson, who in the past has played as that right winger, well, we, we know Aronson's character. He's a fighter. He, he loves to get roughed up. We saw him in that Mexico game just immediately get physical. Yeah. But Reyna, Gio Reyna is not a defender at all. Reyna's weakest point is he does not defend whatsoever. He's kind of like Neymar in that sense. Neymar is not expected to defend, but Chichi is okay with that because it's Neymar, right? But Reyna, is Reyna a Neymar? Yeah, Absolutely yeah. not. And when when uh, Greg Berhalter, <laughs> when Berhalter looks at the other wingers that he has, he's like, well, Wea is almost as good offensively, but he also gives me that defensive aspect. Wea, you're starting, brother. So I, with the aspect of Reyna coming off as somewhat of a knock injury and the fact that he just does not defend, Reyna's not playing, bro. He's not going to. The only way Reyna's playing is the way he did today where he has five minutes or if the U.S. are down 1-0 and we need a goal just to keep the tournament alive. That is the only way I see Gio Reyna playing. Yeah, no, that's fair. There's a comment down there about the yeah, Weston McKinney. <laughs> Matthew Calderon, let's not forget the highlight of the game. McKinney using a photographer's bib oh my to God. dry his hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never yeah. seen anything like that in that my life, bizarre, man. Bizarre, man. Bizarre. Chris, 98D, feels like USA surprised England, but I think we're still struggling at the nine position, but still positive for Tuesday. Yeah. It's uh, true. How really getting the yeah. start? Yeah. yeah. I thought, what did you think about it? I thought he was a little... I don't know. He had good moments where he held the ball up well yeah, for the yeah, USA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in terms of like finishing or any sort of offensive threat, I didn't feel like he was threatening enough. Yeah. But he was really good in the buildup. And maybe that's all they needed at the time because the wingers were really clinical for the USA in this game and providing like dangerous opportunities. But in terms of like maybe getting, you know, in a dangerous yeah, position, especially with the way yeah. they were sending balls in, yeah. there was never a time where Haji Wright was at the end of a ball in the box. Never. And if you're using him, if you're starting him, there has to be one time where he – takes advantage of the, of the fact that he is so tall, that he is uh, the number nine for the USA, and that's what he is good at, and we just never really saw it. Dang, that's really true, actually, because, yeah, did we ever see Haji Wright, like, point forward and be like, give me the ball? <laughs> never. If The only thing Haji Wright did well, and he did very good at it, was kind of drop deep, get the ball, hold it up, and then lay it off. He was yeah. very good at hold-up play. That's about it, man. That's about it. So, yeah, our number nine position definitely is weak. It's crazy that... What's crazy is that Jesus Ferreira was the U.S. men's number nine the entire World Cup cycle, basically, <laughs> basically, and he's just he's not going to play. Uh, but <laughs> it, it makes sense because at the end of the day, Berhalter's like, I got, I got to play my European yeah, talent. It just isn't convincing enough. To. Yeah, he's not. Plays in the MLS, obviously is good in the MLS, but when you compare him to the talent of Sargent and Wright, you're just like, ah, shit. Sorry, sorry for uh, you're just not gonna play. But I think that's so weird though for because like, like think about this. If you just out of context, 
wouldn't you rather play a number nine consistently? Yeah. Like throughout your entire World Cup Absolutely. cycle, be like, look, get in minutes, banging these goals for us. That way, you know what it's like when we get to the World Cup Absolutely. to do it. Yeah. I think it's bizarre. It is bizarre that Berhalter all of a sudden is like, all right, Josh, haven't <laughs> called you up in a, a two years, but uh, <laughs> you're starting against Wales. Like, isn't that isn't that <laughs> yeah, crazy? Is and then like Haji Wright, same thing. Like Haji, I've called you up sparingly over these last two years, but guess what? You're starting against England. That to me is actually very bad coaching. Truly, I, I really do think so. Yes, uh, US played great today, but I think it's not because of Burhalter. I think it's because this this group is so talented. You think they stepped up? I, I think they stepped up, bro. But Burhalter, the decisions he's making, I think, is very very strange. Even even Tim Ream. Tim Ream has not played for you. Tim Ream yeah. has not played for the US. Uh, um, but yes, his form with Fulham is fantastic. So I'm glad he is playing. But why not? Why not call him up consistently in World Cups? Well, it was Miles Cup. Robinson, no, that was starting for the most part. But Miles got injured like a, a year, year ago. ago. Yeah, it was a, a while year back. ago, and Tim Ream did not get called up once in that time. Yeah, until now. Yeah. So I think it's. I think Berhalter is making really weird decisions. Luckily, we're so talented that we can compete against anybody. But man, would I be? Would I love it if we had been playing Haji for two years? Yeah, you know. Dude. So oh, so I would yeah. know what I'm going to get. Because sure. legit today, I was like, I have no idea how Haji is going to play. <laughs> Absolutely zero clue. Isn't that's crazy to me? Yeah. But hey, at least he did okay. Yeah. Overall, uh, I feel like the match did underwhelm a little bit with it how did, it was it built did, up. Man, did. this game we've been talking about it for months, man. From the moment the draw came out mm -hmm. for the World Cup, mm -hmm. this game was one of the the ones that I highlighted, man. That I was like, this is the one I'm looking forward to in the group stage and. Zero zero tied the fifth one I believe of this World Cup yeah, yeah, yeah. fell a little short for me man fell a little short new member shout out Simon Ramos Mejia shout, shout out, out bro. brother shout, shout out. out welcome to the give and go man and uh, yeah I, I wonder we, we got a comment here that says would have liked to see Ferreira start instead of Haji honestly to see what else he could have done that's what I'm saying man yeah. like if, if he's done so much for us already at this point just give him a chance it, it really doesn't matter since our number nine is our weakest position anyway yeah okay so that's that's that game. That's got again. Yeah, Should yeah. we move on towards the Netherlands Ecuador game? No, let's keep in the group. Stay and then in the group. Let's analyze the All group. Right. Yeah. Sure. Quick, quick, super quick super chat. Love this channel. Keep up the great work from Joe Garay. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, really bro. do appreciate that, man. Uh, happy Black Friday. <laughs> 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 All right. So let's talk about the other match in this group, which was Wales against Iran. This yes. one was this one was special, man. Yeah. I think this was a special, man. I uh, I think that the way that Iran eventually went out and got the victory yes. was so dope, man. Yeah, yeah. Because they got pounced on by England, six to two. They got beat up, they got bamboozled, mm -hmm. they got ramsacked. But a part of me was like, I know this Iran team is better, man. Yeah. I know they're better than that. Yeah. They're way better than a six-two loss, even if it is against England. Jeremy got himself a brace there, showing some signs of life. Asmund with an opportunity. And then comes this Wales team that got a really sturdy tie against the USA, one-to-one. -one. And I'm thinking, fuck, dude. Yeah. This Welsh team needs a win against Iran, and they're probably going to take advantage and get that victory right now that Iran is a little down. They're maybe a little low, yeah. Iran keeps it 0-0 for the longest time, man. That red card comes in for Wayne Hennessy off mm -hmm. of a big mistake. Mm -hmm. And we see an Iran game winner in the extra time uh, portion of the match followed up by another back-to-back yeah. -back yeah. goal with a beautiful chip shot that sees Iran winning 2-0 and now having an actual chance to get out of this group. Yeah, it's crazy. The, the game itself was fantastic for the Iranis, man. They played a perfect game. 
they did not let Wales get on the ball whatsoever. And that actually surprised me because we saw in the second half against the USA, Wales, they could press. And when they press and retrieve the ball, they could go forward. Kiefer Moore ended up starting in this game. I was like, okay, perfect. He's going to play the exact same way he played against the USA. He's going to hold that, that ball. He's going to give it to Harry Wilson, Gareth Bale, and they're going to get involved offensively. You have Nico Williams driving down on one of those wings. Uh, the Wales did it really well in that second half against the USA, so why not over the course of 90 minutes against Iran? My God, was it the exact mm -hmm opposite of that second half against the United States. Wales were terrible. Horrible, man. To the point where I was just like, th there was a moment like 30 minutes in, I was like, man, like, fuck this Welsh team, man. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. You have a good half against the USA. You have one point, and you're facing a team that got thrashed by England. Take advantage. You know you can play ball, so do it. Like, do. But through, throughout the entire 90 minutes, it was just constant images of that Welsh backline getting stretched. <laughs> they, like constant images of yeah. Joe Roden looking stressed out. Yeah. Uh, uh, screaming at teammates. Screaming. Hennessy constantly being like, guard the man. Guard. Like it was just <laughs> ridiculous. Iran showed up today. And I'm really glad because Kados ended up going with a more offensive lineup, which we criticized him in that English game. He ended up changing his formation altogether. We saw Esatolahi get the start in midfield. We saw Sardar Asmun get the start alongside Taremi. So we had a top two up front, so immediately more offensive. And then, of course, we saw the guy who got the assist against England, Golisadeh, get the start out on that right wing. So immediately from the get-go, Iran said, look, we're coming, we're going to play, and we're, and we're going to play offensively against Wales in this game. And my God, did they deliver. Yeah, it was nonstop runs from Taremi. Sardar Asmun was phenomenal today, man. Just constantly making runs, constantly being dangerous, getting the ball in really dangerous spots. I was like, holy shit, this is the Iran team that we had previewed to show up at the World Cup. Yes, dude. They did not show up against England, but my God, did this Iran team finally show up here in the second round of Group B. Yeah, dude. I, I personally, I'm happy that they had their moment. Man. Yes. Whether they make it out or not, this moment True. was amazing. Bro, so many Iranian fans were in the stands celebrating and it was a beautiful thing to see because of what they're going through in their country right now. Yeah. It's a lot, man. And so for them to, for the team to step up and say, you know what? We want to represent our people. We yes. want to put on a good show for them and get a game-winning goal. Chesney with, with the first goal from outside the box in this Bader. tournament finally went in. And producer Rev, can you scroll up? I think I saw a comment somewhere. Keep going. Keep going. From Derek Katz. Hello, everything is fantastic. This channel can't give constructive criticism. Everything is rainbow. Bro, did you just hear what he said about Wales, man? <laughs> did you just not hear what he said about Dude, Wales? Wales were fucking terrible, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I also criticized England. England were terrible yeah, today. Yeah, awful. Yeah, they were horrible. European teams were bad today. They were really, bad. really bad. And we'll keep going as we <laughs> Yeah, please the, stay tuned, like, man. The, the criticism's more. not going to end. Yes. Um, but I, I guess this guy's anti-Iran because they were awesome today. Yeah, they were great. They were really, no, they were really great. good. I'm so happy for him. poor guy can't enjoy football. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the right back too, uh Ramin Rezaian comes in for Moharami, and uh he was really, really good too. 
Uh, we saw Resiant, who he's a guy who got the chip actually at the end of the day to get two nil. We saw him in 2018, and I remember him because I never seen him play before until 2018. I was like, oh, this guy has drive, he has uh, aggression, and I love the way he plays because he just gives his body for the entire team defensively. And he comes on for Moharami. Gato says, look. You did it in 2018. I'm going to give you a chance here in 2022. And he does wonders, man. Gets the chip at the end of the day. It's 2-0. Ecstasy for Iran. And now it sets up a very, very interesting game against the USA. Yeah, the USA versus Iran. A setup where Iran actually has the advantage, man. Crazy to think that now. That's crazy. Crazy to think that now. They have the advantage. All they need is a tie against the USA to get through out of this group, which would be incredible for them to do. Yeah. And USA, likewise, they need to get a dub, man. They need a win. And we saw the chat. The chat thinks that USA will get by. I think it was like 55%, 51%. 51%. Okay, yeah. But it's going to be a lot closer than expected, man. Let me read some of these super chats. From Fawaz, Turkey. Your expectation is Saudi Arabia versus Poland. I don't know what that means. I'm going to be honest, brother. You asking about what we think about that game. We will preview that at the end of the stream. We will. We From will. Juan we will. Rodarte. Is it un-American? to want Iran to get the result. The Ecuador versus Netherlands game was fire. Preciado and Plata were so good in the second half. We're, gonna, we're about oh, to talk we're about, about Ecuador. Talk we're about, 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 about to talk about that. Uh, but no, I don't think it's un-American. No, yeah, it is un-American to want Iran to win. Uh, I mean, I guess the story of Iran is powerful, but I, I would root for the USA if, if you are a U.S. citizen. I don't know. El Pepe de Pepes, absolutely boring match. Mexico versus Argentina better be good. I get that from a, if you're a neutral perspective, I understand that. Um, especially with like the 1 p.m. At least for us, it's 1 p.m. Headlining games, dude. I really want them to deliver. And so tomorrow we have a big one with Mexico against Argentina. I think the following day it might be Portugal, Uruguay. Mm. And there's a bunch of good games now as headliners. And so I think that's why people expect them to be so good. I guess so. I'll, I'll be honest, though. I thought it was a great game. I actually completely disagree. Was not boring whatsoever. That first half was the quickest first half so far of the tournament for me. Yeah. It was nonstop action from the U.S. And the fact that England started off a little hot at the beginning just added to that spice to, uh, for me. So I thought it was a really, really fun game. Yeah, I thought the fact that England wasn't uh, dominating the game was entertaining enough for me. Exactly. I was like, this is crazy. This is crazy. Everyone <laughs> thought England would take over and completely dominate this US USA squad. And the opposite happened. It, you make such a great point because if Brazil had played the same way that the U.S. played in that first half, uh, then people would be going crazy about how what good Brazil were against England, right? Uh, yeah. Brazil had played England, right? Yeah. And if Brazil played the same way the U.S. played, because USA were combining like crazy, man. And it made me so, so proud. But you're right. Since the U.S. just weren't able to get that win, it, it's, it's, it's harder to convince people that, oh, the USA are good, right? So it, it, that, that I understand, but it's unfortunate, realistically. It's, unfortunate, it's, yeah. uh, it's really unfortunate. Yeah, so we have a great match with Iran and the USA scheduled to happen. Wales, England, on the other hand, could be interesting as well. But Wales, at this point, I think, feel that they might be on the ropes here. Yeah, yeah. well, because for, for Wales, they would need a lot to, to win, go their way, to and go then, through. And then, what, a tie from the other side? A, oh, no, but because Wales have... Yes, because if you run tie, 
then they would have four points, but maybe a negative goal difference. Mm-hmm. So Wales would get through. Would get through. Yeah. So they need a tie, and they need to beat England. <laughs> Specifically, yeah, it's tough for Wales. If, now. if there is a winner in the Iran USA game, Wales are done. Yeah, they're done. Yeah, yeah. So they need a tie in the other game. All right. One yeah. sport. One super chat here before we get into the Netherlands Ecuador match from Fawaz Turkey to the best sports studio in the world. Thank, thank you, you sir. my friend. Thank you. Thank you. What are your expectations for the Saudi, another Saudi Arabia, Poland? We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. We we'll will get, get there. there. We will get there. And also Argentina, Mexico, we will get there because we're going to preview tomorrow's game. So don't you worry at the very end of the stream. So stay tuned. Stay with us. Here we go, man. It's time that we talk about Netherlands versus Ecuador. No, let's move over to Group A, which saw these two teams completely battle it out, bro. What a match. Yeah. What a match. I uh, I was big on this going into the match because I've been supportive of Comebol teams this tournament, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I've been saying that I do believe Ecuador is a really good team. They have seen it. I've seen it. T- I've seen them take it to big squads like Brazil in the Comebol qualification, and I was wondering if this time around against a Netherlands squad, uh, a European team, if they would be able to show that good side of Ecuador, or if they would fumble the bag and show to be a really weak team. And what we saw today, man, oh was so convincing to what I had initially assumed. Mm-hmm. This team completely showed out. I felt so proud, man. Same. I felt so proud Same. watching this team. Uh, first off, face. First off, concede a goal within the first what five minutes of the game. Yes. And then immediately bounce back take control of the match. Show that they wanted it more. Show that they could be composed and they could take on a goal and still react. Up until the point where they score a goal at the very end of the half and the ref pulls it back, man. The ref pulls it back in a really, 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 really (laughs) harsh call, man. It's harsh. It's It's so harsh, man. I get the technicality of the rule, but the call itself was so harsh. I want to do a poll here. Was that, was the, how should I word this one? Was the offsides call just? Yes or no? Or was the offsides call correct? There you go. Yeah. Yes or no. I need to know what people think about this one. And they already know the one I'm talking about, man. One thing I will say, though, just so it can ease people's minds, hopefully, is that FIFA and actually just UEFA in general has been very, very consistent about calling this one offside. So there's no robbery in that sense as far as like referees being inconsistent as like, oh, why would they call this one but not another one? They, if, if you are off in an offside position and you are just in front of the goalkeeper, even if it doesn't matter as to where the goalkeeper ends up diving, they always call it offside. So for that reason, I'm okay with this decision because they get this call and they call it the same way every single time. So you just, you just got to know, don't be in front of the keeper. Just don't. Yeah, as a player, yeah, just yeah. to not risk it. But you, you got to feel like the rule's a little flawed for a, oh, absolutely. For a, re, a retracting player to get punished like that. That uh, essentially absolutely. had nothing to do with the play. Yeah. To end up deciding, to end up being the deciding point between Ecuador getting a game tying goal and not, yeah. I think that's flawed. I think there's a problem there. I agree. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't want to get that confused. I completely agree. <laughs> there's a better way to call this. I honestly don't know exactly how they do it because at that point, you start getting into maybe a little bit of opinions. Because somehow, some way, there might be a ref who says, oh, no, he is involved in the play. Yeah. And at that point, it's just like, okay, well, then what the hell do I say then yeah, if I you're guess. a ref who disagrees? So that's where it gets weird. And again, it's why I'm okay because they call it this way every single time. 
Yeah, we oh looking at the wow, we have a 50-50 vote here out of 110 votes. Was the offsides call correct? 50% say yes, 50% say no. That's Ah, that's incredible. Yeah, that I, incredible. I think it shows that maybe the rule needs to the somehow need, yeah, change. The rule needs to be adjusted, yeah. adjusted yeah. at the very least. But yeah. continuing on, they go into halftime down a goal, and what proceeded was an incredible second Ecuadorian half where yeah. they got an immediate goal once again within five minutes of that second half. I believe it was a Stupinian getting a shot in after Caicedo had retrieved the ball beautifully, which he did mm. all game. Stupinian gets a beautiful shot. Uh Nobert, is that his name? Nope. Nopert. Nopert. No. Saves it, but bounces right into the GOAT. Ecuadorian GOAT, Ener Valencia. Yeah. He gets his third goal of the tournament to lead the World Cup, and they tie the match. 1-1, yeah. and from then on, we still saw Ecuador have chances with Gonzalo Plata's oh golden God, opportunity dude. where it hit the post that close to taking the lead against this Netherlands team and being top of the group. That'd be insane. And from then on, I think the game fizzled out a little bit. It did. It, it, it lost did. a little bit of momentum, yeah. but still Ecuador made their point known. They made their presence known, and by the end of it, Netherlands Netherlands looked shook. They looked tired. They looked beat up. Yeah. And so, I'm gonna get my take in here. I thought I thought Ecuador was great, man. I thought Ecuador was absolutely great. And in a way, I'm not surprised. I'm yeah. not surprised that they were able to do this because we saw how the we saw the the heights that they are able to reach when they're all on the same page. The way that they can play interchange with each other and that midfield is beautiful. And the fear or the lack of fear that they have when facing a, a big opponent really showed out. Oh my god! Um, and so I wasn't surprised by then. If by them, if anything, I was more surprised by the Netherlands. Man, what on earth was that performance, bro? Horrible. They were horrible. Yeah. If Cody Gakpo isn't informed going into this tournament. How do they score goals? Yeah. I'm genuinely curious because Depay looked awful. Bergvine looked awful. Got subbed up. Got subbed off at one point. Yeah, yeah. The Netherlands midfielders didn't look effective at all. Oh, no. And they were truly just relying on that defense to just keep them in the match. And yeah. that's ultimately what they did. But, dude, offensively, this Dutch team looked terrible, man. Yeah, I completely agree. I was so disappointed with the Netherlands because the reason why I was kind of hyped on them, if you will, is in the build-up to this tournament, they were playing fluid football. The midfield of De Jong and Burkhaus, or whether it's Coop Miners or Martin Darun, was so fluid and combining with Bergvine and Depay that I was like, okay, they'll find a way because they have runs coming from everywhere. They have triangular football, but they also have the ability to play it that way, to have that style of short, tiki-taka football, and then the precision to do through poles, whether it's uh, involving Cody Gakpo, as we've already seen. But, they, dude, did they stream together more than like two offensive passes? Never. They got cut out every single time by that Ecuadorian midfield of Mendez and Caicedo, who were phenomenal, by the way. And oh, that, dude, that, back, that, back, that back three of Poroso, Incapié, and I forget the, the other, uh, Torres, they were cutting out every single offensive pass that the Netherlands tried. It was pathetic, in my opinion, because very similar to kind of like Argentina against Saudi Arabia, they couldn't figure it out. They could not figure out how to break the lines of that Ecuadorian defense. They tried the same goddamn thing throughout the entire 90 minutes. I remember it was like it was like the 70th minute, and they tried a long ball to Depay. I'm like, <laughs> that Ecuadorian defense has got these Netherlands guys on lock. Yes, bro. And you're yes. still trying to feed it that way? No, it was it was so it ain't gonna poor. Work. It was so poor from the Netherlands offensively, man. I, I was actually genuinely pissed off and very very disappointed because. 
It was so lackluster, and there was no creativity in that side. De Jong might be the only guy who had a decent game, but even then, he got roughed up by those Ecuadorians. Oh, towards the end of towards the end of that game, De Jong was just fed up. He was in that back line. He was bro. fed up. Yeah, he, he was like, I forward. can't get any space here, and I'm not getting any help. So like, I'm having a really bad game. It was very apparent. The whole Netherlands as a whole, other than that back line, had a terrible game. And what I liked is that they also weren't getting any calls. Yeah, the, the, the ref yeah. was amazing this match. He just let them play. He said, "This is going to be a really physical match. Who's more physical? Yeah. Let's see what happens." And I think Ecuador won that battle easily, man, because yeah. you saw so much frustration on the faces of those Dutch players that ultimately I was like, "Bro, I was clapping for Ecuador at the end of yeah. the game. I was watching like a proud father, just like I knew it, man. I knew it." But I want to transition to a question here because the chat is wondering. We've uh, we've seen your criticisms on South America and Comoros no, in general, absolutely. right? And uh, I think something representative of kind of your take on this game, and I'm going to just go on a limb here and just say what I experienced. I was with, watching this game with you, right? And initially, I felt that you're watching it a little pessimistically, right? Thinking that Ecuador wasn't built for this occasion and that they were going <laughs> to ultimately blown out by Netherlands. Sure. They, they conceded an early goal. And I, I saw a little... I saw a little I saw you perk up a little bit. <laughs> I saw I was like this fucking guy. But it also once it was, again, it also was a banger. Though. A, yeah, it was a banger. It was a banger. Yeah. Goal was yeah, a banger. Yeah, yeah. You can help yourself. You can help yourself. <laughs> but I was like, the goddamn it, Saltero the octopus. Maybe he is right. Maybe South America is on a fucking decline because uh, Ecuador uh -huh. is down one nil uh -huh. here and is not looking good. But then what proceeded for the following eighty minutes oh, yeah. was this slow transition from you being laying back on the couch just watching the game. To ultimately ending that game on your feet, yeah. clapping for the Ecuadorians, <laughs> man. It was a beautiful thing to see Look, because. Man. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself, at least in regards to this Ecuadorian national team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> loaded. It's loaded. <laughs> That's a loaded question, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um. Saltero so was talking shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah, for yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, I'm actually pro, very pro-Ecuador to the point where I hope they beat Senegal. I had Senegal getting out of this group, but I actually hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm dead wrong, and I hope that Ecuador just go at Senegal in that match round three in group A, and I hope the Ecuadorians get to face ma with maybe England in that round of 16. I hope, and I am praying Ooh. that that happens because today's performance was, and I, 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 again, Understand this. This is not an exaggeration. I'm, I'm this, was, this was the most technical I've ever seen Ecuador play, ever. In Copa Americas, in World Cup qualification, in 2014 World Cup, this was the best Ecuadorian performance I have ever seen. And I, again, I've been watching football for a long time. This is not an exaggeration. I think you can actually agree with me because yes. for, what, 80 minutes of the game, the tightness... And the combination play that Ecuador had as a team was phenomenal. From the back line of those back three to the wing backs of Preciado and Pervis Estupiñan, the aggression of Caicedo and Mendes. And, dude, did you see how many channel runs Ener Valencia oh had? God, and how many did he receive? Every yeah, single one. Yeah. They found every every single one, the Ecuadorian midfield were able to find him in space. That's elite football. That's incredibly offensive uh, football. And the chemistry that Ecuador showed today truly impressed me. Yeah, one of the best chemistries, I think, in the World Cup, dude. I think and so. that's what's going to carry them to the, through this tournament, dude. I Everyone's think so. on the same page. They're on the same page. It was dope to see uh, Alfaro, the coach. 
actually be super animated on the sideline. We, we don't see we, that. Yeah, we don't see that. We don't see we don't that. See that. But the biggest stage brings that out in you. Yes. But how could you not, bro? Because the way this team was playing was so beautiful, man. It, they were outplaying that Dutch mid- midfield oh, that we, we had hyped up, man. Easily. Oh, we had hyped them up them. as like really good midfielders. And maybe yeah. they are individually. But today, man, oh, my today God. they were awful. Horrible. Awful. Horrible. And uh, we had a conversation about... You know, it, it hurts though. It hurts that they ended getting the match, oh. uh, getting a draw out of this game, and won only it. getting one point. There should be some sort of way in football where someone gauges the performance of both teams in a draw and can award a team two points <laughs> instead of one, man. Because <laughs> yeah. today, Ecuador was at the very least deserving of two points, yeah. man. They deserved uh, it. And ultimately, I wish that Gonzalo Plata, worldy, would have gone in so that we could have gotten that 2 1 victory to then be leading the group and completely take the World Cup by surprise, oh, man. Dude, that, that would have been the goal of the tournament over Richarlison's too because do you remember how that play started? It was Preciado out on the wing, one-on-one with the Dutch defender, and he started shimmying. Yes. Yeah. He started dancing <laughs> yeah, yeah. on the ball, and then boom, takes him to the byline, sends in a whipping cross, and then eventually it goes to Plata who goes for it and hits the fucking crossbar. And it, I, I wish... That yeah, winning because that would have been the goal of the tournament by far. I would have lost it, man. I would have oh lost my it. God, dude. Let's look at some super chats here, man. We oh got very, very good. So from Buzz Football, love your combos. Keep up the great work. Hey, appreciate it, brother, man. Appreciate, appreciate that. it. Thanks for being part of the. Thanks for being part of this. Fawaz Turkey, he's back. Serbia team oppressed media. I still expect them to be the dark horse of the World Cup. Same, same. No, yeah, same. Karthik Raja, love loving the grind through Thanksgiving. Looking back on the first few days of play. What have been your biggest takeaways? Mm. One thing I, I, I still continue to say outside of that Chesney long shot goal is that, man, long shots are just shots outside the box are not falling, man. Weston McKinney had a number, another number of opportunities of score from outside the box, completely flung it. It's to the point now where I expect you, if you're shooting from outside the box, yeah. to just whiff it, man. Yeah. Whiff it, man. It, it's fucking with me. Carlos Colunga Navarro. I'm going off in my Sunday league. World Cup motivation. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Good shit, man. Khalid, your show is famous among Saudi sports group and media. We hope we should host you in Saudi. Hey, bro. Hey, hey. man. Let us know when and where, and we'll we'll head over to Saudi Arabia. Give and go post-Saudi Arabia trip, bro. We'll the go. The boys go. <laughs> we'll go, man. We I'm not kidding. Over there, man. <laughs> Football journey. Love you both. Love you too, bro. But I'm going to need a half apology from Soltero. For the Ecuador slash South America slam. Oh, no, no, no. And I, I actually do want to say, I'm not done, by the way, about uh, that whole Ecuador take. Okay, I'm not okay. done. Let me finish this. Yeah. Both big, UEFA and South America have been losing games still early, though. Yeah. It is. It is. We'll get to Saltero's uh, potential apology, if not uh, a note on it. And then what else we got? Saltero to coach the U.S. men's national team. Okay, man. Would you take it? If you were offered it right now, would you take it? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I would drop everything. (laughs) I would drop everything. (laughs) Uh, From or or doc. Uh, offside season Saudi pay well Yeah man uh, Yeah man Shout out man Thank you that for that man I appreciate it But We're still not done with Ecuador So to finish The whole Ecuador praise And the Dutch trashing Yeah I was completely wrong About Ecuador Completely Because I had them being feisty But that was it I had them only being feisty To the point where I was like Oh I see this Ecuador side Getting a chance or two In each game And that was it Right, but my God, have they <laughs> done way more than that? They dominated the Netherlands today. Dominated them, um, but not not just with chances either. In possession, off the ball, 
in defense with um with their setup the aggression in that midfield they completely dominated them and that i did not expect so yes i completely apologize to the ecuadorian federation <laughs> that's to me bro <laughs> and and to any other ecuadorian fan who believed in this team whereas i did not i i do submit my apology now it gets very interesting though because the job isn't done for ecuador and i i hope i really do hope that they can finish the job in this group they have a very tough task ahead of them but as i already said even though I have Senegal getting out of this group, I hope I am dead wrong because this Ecuadorian team is special. Yeah, their, their chemistry and their offensive prowess, I think, might be one of the best in the tournament, at least so far. Um, I hope they can finish this off with group glory and getting to that round of 16. That's true because right now they are technically tied with the Netherlands and both points and goal differential, but they face off different opponents. Yes. Uh, I do think there's a little bit of credit here that needs to be given to Ecuador for how they were able to control Qatar. Because today we saw Qatar actually show a little bit more um, threat. Let's get to that game. Yeah. yeah. Threat okay, yeah. against Senegal where they ultimately fell short 3-1. to one, But honestly, the scoreline might not be that indicative of how tight the game was during certain points of the match. Yeah. Uh, Senegal started off by scoring a goal in like the 40th minute off of Probably the worst mistake in this World ah, Cup, man. God damn it, that yeah. shit was awful, man. It was, it sucks, yeah, it was yeah. awful, and it, and it hurt me because Qatar up to that point was playing so playing well. Great. A big talking point of that first half was that penalty call or non-penalty call where Afif, Afif. got uh, knocked down. Let me know your thoughts on that one because that was a big talking point for this match. For me, no penalty. I think Afif gets in a really good threatening position, but if you notice. He, he kind of like, he stalls for just a little bit, for half a second. Akram Afif almost tries to put his body towards the defender that's coming. It's very subtle, but I think it is there to the point where I think Afif is thinking more about the contact than he is about shooting yeah, the ball. Bro. And for me, you got to shoot the ball in that situation. He was in on the box. It's one-on-one. -on -one. Yes, there's pressure coming, but get that ball off. If the player then hits you afterward, maybe then you get the call, man. But in that moment, dude, shooting was not even on his mind. And for me, you don't deserve a penalty if, if you're not looking to score. So I'm happy with the decision. I do think it was the right decision. Even if I take the context out of that situation, the contact is there, sure, but it's not aggressive. There's no arm extension. There's no hip check. It's just a heavy tackle. And I love contact in this sport. So for me, no penalty. The game proceeds into the second half. And Qatar kept generating these opportunities, bro. But they kept falling short because it was like half-ass opportunities or they wouldn't get the full the full effect on the shots that they yeah, were yeah. being provided until uh until the substitute. The substitute. Mutari. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Mutari comes on. Yeah, comes on. But Senegal has scored. They scored again. It went up 2-0. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They went up 2-0. And then the sub comes on, gets a goal, clean hit. Qatar gets their first goal of the tournament, yep. which is great to see. Probably their only goal of the tournament, if we're being honest, man. Yeah, probably. yeah, probably the only goal they get this tournament, but it was a good moment for them to have. And Loki, I was just thinking about that guy specifically, man. I was like, when he was born, like he had no idea Qatar would ever host a World Cup. Yeah, right. It was probably just so far out in his mind, he never, never even considered it. Yeah. And then not just that, but in the build to this tournament, he doesn't end up getting a starting position. He's a bench player. Yeah. He's a nobody at yeah. this point, basically. But at the end of the day, he might end up being the only guy. To score a goal for Qatar in the World Cup 
for a very, Forever. very long time. I would watch a movie over that guy's specific life path yeah. leading up to that specific opportunity, man. He mm-hmm. took advantage. He got a goal. Beautiful thing to see. Yeah. Senegal continued dominating because they got that third goal. Yeah. And by the end of it, it was 3-1, and Senegal saw the game out. Yeah, for me, pretty economical game for Senegal. They just got the job done. Sure, there were a little bit of moments where Qatar looked really good and maybe even a little threatening, as we already pointed out. But I thought this was very straightforward for Senegal. They looked good. They went a little bit more offensive by starting both Diadieu and Boulaydia at the same time, which I liked, right? You're facing Qatar. You know they're not going to be as good defensively as, let's say, the Dutch. So why not? Let's get some goals here. And it ended up working. They got three goals. They got the same goal differential as Ecuador, right? A two-goal difference. So that actually helps them out at the end of the day. Um, It was a good performance from Senegal. So, I, but the thing is, I expected them to win. If anything less than a win in this situation would have been a disaster for Senegal. So I do want to put a little bit of a spotlight here on the host, just just to end it, end this group analysis, because I thought they played well. You know, I didn't expect them to even get a draw. I expected them to lose, but based off of that disastrous performance uh, against Ecuador in the opener, I actually was expecting the Qatar, Qatar to be really bad today. But you know what? They showed up. Uh, and and what they could do right Hassan Al-Haidos actually had some really good moments showing the class that we had kind of previewed because at at the end of the day for me Al-Haidos is a good player now he's not going to dominate a game he's not going to get a lot of assists or score even but I knew that he has some quality on the ball and Fortunately, we were able to see that today. And you can extend that to the rest of that Qatari midfield. I thought Madibo had a really good game. Budia finally had a lot more better touches on the ball. Even up top, Afif was way more involved than he was against Ecuador. Way, way more involved. Getting on the ball, finding channels. Now, was he clinical at all? No, not at all, man. He wasted every single chance that he had. But at least he was way more involved for Qatar to where it was more entertaining if you're a Qatari fan, you know? Um, And that back line was a little bit more sure. And just in general... The nerves were no longer there because, dude, they were so nervous against Ecuador. I remember one of the things we said, dude, they couldn't get even a touch. They couldn't even get a healthy touch in that opener. But today, they were actually able to knock the ball around. And for spells, they actually kind of bossed the game just for a little bit. So that actually made me happy because we had Qatar finishing bottom in this group. There's no way they're going to get out. They're the first host to be eliminated after two games. And we expected that, though. Let's be completely honest, man. So I'm glad that they were able to have some fun today. But, yeah, that was about it, right? I mean, there's nothing else we could expect. So, hey, I'm glad Qatar had a decent game today. But, yeah, it's between Senegal and Ecuador now. Yeah. I love the comments that Juan Galvan is sending right now. He says, Alhaidos could play in MLS and thrive. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, man. And then he sent another one which says, if Qatar players are down to immigrate, they might find success. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I do think that uh, they ultimately ended up falling short, but it was expected. Yeah. It was what we thought would happen. Yeah, man. And I'm, that's why I'm glad they got the goal and Senegal gets the three points, which now sets up a really interesting situation Very interesting. in Group A. Netherlands somehow has six, not six, four points in this group, and they're topping it despite what we've seen these past two games. <laughs> no, and that in itself is kind of disappointing. I saw a question here from Michael that keeps sending messages, but I saw the question of, what do we think about them? Uh, how do you feel about them going to top the group just because they're going to score a lot against Qatar and they're going to get first because of goal difference? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's is, why. It, it, we, we've talked about it. How, like, Netherlands was projected to be top of the group, but 
what we're seeing now from the Netherlands is a really almost fraudulent type of first yeah. place finish, man. I'm a little disappointed in that. And if you're in Group B, you're thinking if I get second here, I might actually have a chance. And that oh. that translates to the USA. That translates to potentially Iran. Yeah, I think you really like your chances here against the Netherlands team that I think without a without an informed Cody Cody Gapko is struggling to find goals, man. Yeah, and so so be it, man. It sucks that they're gonna get first place, but. I, I, it's, at the end of the day, they managed to get that result against Senegal, and so they'll end up doing it because they'll beat Qatar. On the other hand, though, we have an incredible matchup now scheduled to happen incredible. between Ecuador and Senegal. We knew this would happen at some point, yeah. but we didn't think, or at least you didn't, I did, <laughs> that Ecuador would have the advantage going into this match where now they just need to draw and they're good to go. They're good to Whereas go. Senegal has to go in and win that game. I want to know from the chat right now, to do a pro, we'll do a poll here through producer Rudd. England, not England, Jesus Christ, I'm all over the place. Ecuador versus Senegal. Who gets the victory here? Is it a win, draw, or loss? Ultimately, this will decide who goes through in this group in second place. Yeah, that game's going to be a banger. It's going to be a really good contest. What's get Where it gets interesting is that Jackson Mendes, who was fantastic today, is going to miss the game due to suspension. So it's just going to be Moises Caicedo and probably Carlos Grueso. Grueso, yeah. Probably Grueso, but dude, the way Mendes has been playing, man, there is no way Grueso steps up in the same way. The thing is, he might not need to. And even with even without that same impact, he's going to be very good. But man, having Mendez in there would have been Mendes a lot was better. Awesome. He was amazing, he was awesome. man. So that is going to suck. But fortunately, I don't think it'll be too detrimental as far as Ecuador's chances are concerned. Dude, I think you'll take it because remember that play where Moisés Caicedo could have gotten a yellow card at the end, dude. If you're missing both, then this might be a completely different game. He, he tripped up Nathan Ake, and I was like, oh, he's gonna get that yellow. He's yeah. gonna be out for this third game. Didn't give it to him. So they got lucky in that sense. So I think you'll take Mendes being gone as long as Caicedo can be there uh, starting for you. Yeah. But uh, likewise, dude. Um, oh, uh, I was going to go with this. Likewise, the matchup itself will be very entertaining because yeah. Ecuador has the advantage, man. Yeah. They have the advantage. They just they need have a draw. They have a golden opportunity here to actually end up getting second place in this group and facing off against England yeah. and doing a repeat of 2006, I believe, when mm -hmm. England beat them in the round of 16. I'm telling you, man, life is full circle. We go through these phases <laughs> all the time, man. Yeah. History repeats itself. If there's an Ecuadorian squad that can take on this English team that really disappointed today, we could see a number of upsets in the round of 16 if Ecuador ends up getting a result against Senegal. Yeah. Um, as I already said, I'm pro-Ecuador at this point. I think they're the better team over Senegal. Now, where it gets tricky is I think Senegal is going to be very difficult to beat. I think that Senegal are going to set up in a way where they're going to be highly defensive. It could be a point where Koulibaly says, fuck it, I'm defending my life out here for Senegal. And the thing is, Ismail Jacobs, I think, has been very good alongside him. And, of course, you still have Edouard Mendy, a really good goalkeeper. So... The fact that Ecuador could only get one today against a similarly good defensive line of the Dutch, I don't know if Ecuador will end up scoring a lot of goals, even if Senegal aren't in form. So Senegal are going to bank on Koulibaly and that back line being very sturdy and hopefully maybe getting a chance off a corner kick, kind of like they did today with Diadou. Right, Diadou getting that really good flash-glancing reverse header off a corner kick. I think the first corner kick goal of the tournament yeah. was scored by Senegal today. So they might be banking on the same thing. 
Keep it nil-nil and try to score off a set piece. Senegal, I think, are going to struggle to score in open play, especially against a really good Ecuadorian defense that is led by uh, Piero Incapié. But Senegal can keep it tight. I really do think that they can. They did against the Dutch, and it took a crazy Cody Gakpo header to break the deadlock. I see this as being, even even though Ecuador are flying right now, I see this being a very, very tight game. Yeah, I, I think it gets interesting when talking about Inter Valencia. Uh, we saw him get stretchered off, bro. At the yeah, end. yeah, yeah. I'm hoping it's antics. <laughs> I'm hoping he was just trying to time waste. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Because he, he played like 80 minutes. Like, I'm hoping. And he went off injured in the, or injured in the, he was like tired out in that first game as well. He was tired. Yeah. That's kind of Inter Valencia, this tournament. Like, he can't go a full 90. No, no, no. And, you know, if he has the option to get carried out of the pitch, he'll take it, <laughs> he'll man. He'll take it. He'll take, he'll take it. it. I, I don't know. I, I hope it's not as bad as like the Neymar injury. Or, oh, you know, I hope not. I hope injury, not. But, uh, yeah, I'm just interested to see if he's starting back again. If I see him on that pitch when the game starts, then he'll be good to go. But I just wonder if the, in the build to it, if he's going to be, you know, there might oh be concerns God, about I like an eight, uh, some sort of injury in the back of his knee or something. His so, movement was ridiculous. He was today. great today, was man. Great, great. So yeah, that's uh, that's the setup that's there. Let me go and look at some super chats here. We got a number of messages. Yeah, let me catch up. Let me go all the way to the top. Yeah. Let's start all the way at the top because I know there's been a lot <laughs> here. Don't want to ignore them. Is it Juan Galvan? I appreciate that donation, man. Appreciate that. All right. Then we have another one from Khalid. Saltero is a professor in analyzing. Amazing. Thank you, brother. I, I really, really do appreciate the love, man. I really do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Marian Ocampo, what beer do you guys drink? I'm an IPA guy. Yeah. I love any uh, specific IPA. I say right now I'm drinking Lagunitas a lot. Lagunitas IPA. Mm -hmm. So Not sponsored? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Not> sp <laughs> I actually have a six-pack right here. <laughs> uh, I, like to, I like to drink Dos Equis. I like Dos Equis. I like uh, Modelos. And then uh, right now, though, I'm doing a combination of uh, Deep Eddie's Lemon here. Uh, Ooh, that's uh, yeah, made here in yeah. Austin with uh, tonic water. So that's what I like to drink. Ben Lowry, what... Why does Greg refuse to use Reyna and Joe Scally? Joe Scally, we haven't seen him, man. Uh, you explained the the Gio Reyna earlier. Yeah, I explained the Gio Reyna earlier just very quickly. I, I don't think Reyna defends as well as, for example, Weah or Brendan Aronson. So that's why Burhalter really likes a winger that fights. So Reyna's just not going to be that guy. Uh, for Joe Scally, though, I mean, his position would be uh, Sergino Dest, right? Scally being a right back for Borussia Gladbach. To replace Dest is that's tough, man. Mm. That, that that's really tough. Dest is so technical on the ball, better than Scally in my opinion. Um, and Dest, although Scally might be a better one-on-one -on -one defender, I think Dest still has really good spatial understanding. So you don't miss much by you don't miss much defensively by starting Dest. So at the end of the day, if you get more offensively on that flank, I, I'm going with Dest personally. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's why Scally doesn't start. Mauricio Ramirez just snuck away from work for a minute to show support. Have you seen the halftime speech Saudi Arabia's coach gave to the players? We'll watch later. Yeah, dude, I, uh, I did. I actually saw that saw today. It? I saw what? it today. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I thought it was incredible. I thought it was yeah. incredible. And we talked about it because one thing that stood out to me is that <clears throat> Herb Renard is out there speaking English and mm -hmm. having his translator relay the message to the players. And I was like, damn, dude, like. You know, usually, if you're a player, you want someone that can speak the same language as you, right? Right. But Irv Reinhardt is such a tactical genius yeah. that these players are willing to, in a sense, sacrifice the ease of language for 
the opposite, which is having a translator and like hearing knowledge through someone else. It's incredible to yeah. see, man, because they fully believe in what he's saying, but he's doing it in a completely different language. Yeah. I'm like, God damn, man. Yeah. It was so inspiring. I love what he said about like, I think he mentioned something about like Messi. He's like, Messi's just out there like, Go, go like force him to go make attack play. him, go attack him. Yeah. I was like, dude, that fearlessness, that that's exactly what we've known her Renard to be. Yeah. And it's why he's such a class manager, bro. Oh dude. Absolute class. What I loved about the speech was he was so aggressive. He was basically screaming at his players, but in a positive way, yes. it was like positive, con uh, like constructive criticism in the sense that like, he's like, look guys, we're still in this game. But if we don't play, we're going to lose this. Like, he was really making them understand the situation in the sense that we have a chance here, but it's down to you. It's down to you to close the space, attack this Argentine side, and make history. But he made that really apparent. He's got chills, man. Uh, yeah, and, and it, it's crazy because he understands it. And even in the post, what I loved about Renard was in the post game, they're like, your team just made history, dude. He's like, yeah, at the end of the day, no matter what happens for the rest of the tournament, the players today decided to make history. And the people of Saudi Arabia will remember this game for the rest of their lives. And for that, he said he's very proud. And at, at that point, yeah, like, yes, of course. And I love that Renard's like, he's in the moment at yeah. that time. He's yeah. not like, well, we got a game against Mexico next or like Poland. Fuck he's like, that, dude. no, I know. In that moment, he's like, today was for Saudi Arabia. And I love that Renard was able to recognize that as a coach because at the end of the day, what I love about Renard is he, he is a true man manager. He understands who is at his disposal, but he's also able to rally them and try to give them some sort of like life, some sort of courage, some braveness to the way that they play. And then from there, the players take over. And we saw it against Argentina, yeah, man. man. And that's all Renard, baby. Yeah, bro. <laughs> that's how I feel that producer Rudd is for us, bro. He gets <laughs> yeah. so motivated behind He's a motivator. Scene, <laughs> he be ready to go. But no, I completely agree, man. man. What Herb Renard did was truly special. He will go down in Saudi Arabian coaching glory. Yeah, yeah, never, yeah. We'll never have to buy a beer over there. Nothing. Yeah, he man. will be catered to for the rest of his life in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> and it's crazy that... This performance was rewarded by a national holiday in that country. Like, yeah, yeah. what what else is better than that? Oh, man? dude, did you hear that? Apparently, the prince of Saudi Arabia is buying every single player a Rolls Royce. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Holy shit. Talk about motivation. It's great. It's it's a it's a great idea though because now if they get out of the group, what else are they gonna get? So <laughs> yeah, the players true. are like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. Get, They're like, all right, well, I gotta play my fucking heart Find out. Yeah, financial <laughs> freedom, brother. Yeah. We can get it all this time around. We can get it all in Jesus, this tournament. They become man. senators. Like, yeah. They become part of like the congress <laughs> yeah. and shit yeah dude that's crazy that's man crazy, that's crazy man. great question uh insured frames mexico win versus argentina would be more shocking than saudi arabia mm, nah man i disagree there i think saudi arabia winning that match was was magical man magical mexico would be would be big though it'd be almost almost close, man. almost because mexico has been haunted oh, by argentina for decades man yeah. decades so it would be i think it'd be almost as close but I would I don't think it's as unexpected as the Saudi Arabia match because going into that Saudi Arabia match, man, Argentina was unbeaten. Thirty six straight games. Oh, oh my you know, god. That that's right. Going into this match now, we know that Argentina's a little weak. Yeah. So I think the expectations going into the match is a little different. That's why it wouldn't be as shocking. But still would be awesome to see. I wanna see it. Yeah. Juan Galvan, do the cards reset and knock out stages? They do, but I think only after the round of sixteen. So going into the quarters, it resets. You think so? Yeah. Someone commented that they race, they reset in the semifinals. 
We'll probably have to look it up. I'm not I sure. I thought it was a stage earlier. Maybe yeah. they changed it, but I thought it was going into quarters. But I, again, I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah, I wonder. Uh, ben Lowry, I honestly believe USA can beat Netherlands if they press. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. no, 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 no. If the USA played the exact same way they play today and hopefully beat Iran, the U.S. will have an incredible chance to beat the Netherlands. Yeah. Simon Ramos Mejia, Ecuador is more likely to capitalize on Senegal's mistakes than Senegal on Ecuador's mistakes. Agreed. I agree. Agreed. I agree, man. I agree. In the poll, who wins Ecuador versus Senegal? Ecuador, 63%. Senegal, 20 17% says draw. So then that would translate to 80% think Ecuador, Ecuador gets go through. through. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree, man. I agree. Yeah. All right. So we've, we reviewed all four games today, I believe. Yes, we've covered each one. Yeah. Wales, yeah. Iran, yeah, Qatar, yeah, 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 everything. Yeah. So we're going to do our daily match ratings, folks, because we have some... Uh, we have some disagreements here between me and Saltero <laughs> between how these games should be rated. If you guys have, are here for the first time, every day we rate the matches on a scale of 1 to 10 in terms of entertainment, in terms of quality, in terms of atmosphere, in terms of moment, magic, everything that comes into a World Cup match, we like rating it on a scale of 1 to 10 to see where it lands. So the first match that we need to rate is Wales versus Iran. On a scale of 1 to 10, what would you guys rate it? We personally agreed that it was like a strong 7. Like a strong seven, maybe even an eight with the way it ended. Let us know on the chat. We'll be watching here. 9.9. We have a seven. We have a six, 7.2. Well, if you're Iranian, it's ecstasy. Oh, dude, if you're Iranian, it's, it's a 10. Ecstasy, It's yeah. a 10. Sixes, sevens. Okay, okay. Six, seven. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> six. Oh, you can't have beer in Saudi Arabia. That makes sense. Uh, Six, seven. Okay, it's so like an average of seven. An average of seven for Wells, Iran. Okay. We have okay. We have an influx of eights, an influx of eights. Okay, cool. Moving on to the next one, we'll give it a seven point five. Then I think seven point five is fair. Qatar Senegal. This is the one where we disagree. I believe Qatar Senegal was a seven out of ten. Saltero believes Qatar Senegal was an eight out of ten. Yeah. What do you guys think? Is it a seven? Is it an eight? Or is it a goddamn ten? Let us know. Five point six zero five a nine. A three? Damn. <laughs> Harsh. Eight and out eight. of ten because there were four goals, which goals are hard to come by in this tournament. Um, and not only that, the hosts showed up today, in my opinion. And I think that's always a good thing to see. So I'm going to give it a couple of extra points there. Uh, eight out of ten. I think I think a lot. Of, I think it's a seven out of ten because I feel like it was, in a way, almost very predictable. We knew Senegal would win that oh, match. Oh, yeah, that's true. Right? That's true. And although that's Qatar true. did keep it competitive for a bit, they never really got as close as they wanted them to. In which case, if they had, I would have given yeah, it an A. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. because they scored that goal to make it 2-1 and then immediately Senegal scored that third goal, I think that's why I give it a 7. But the chat, I mean, it looks like, it looks like an average of a 5. Like five to six. Like, yeah, like a 5-6. to 5-6, six. to six. okay. Next match, Ecuador versus Netherlands. I'm going to be honest straight off the bat, we rated this one an 8.5. Yeah, 8.5 for Ecuador-Netherlands. This was such a good game, such one of the best ones game. we've seen so far. What do you guys think? Let's see. Someone's doing algebra, Someone's doing algebra in the chat, bro. <laughs> <laughs> My boy. Uh, 10, 8. Okay, 8.5. Yeah, okay. Sounds like people generally agree with us. Nines, eights, eight. Out, okay. 8, 9 if Ecuador tied. They did tie. Maybe if they had one, didn't see it. 10, 9. Okay, right. I would say 8.5 is nice, the average here. Nice, we got that nice. one right. Cool. Best game of the day then. And lastly, United States versus England. We haven't rated this one. I would say like 8.3 maybe. I thought it was really entertaining, yeah. man. It was incredibly entertaining. The best U.S. performance from a technical perspective that I've ever seen. 
Um, yes, there weren't any goals, but the chances created, although few, were really, really uh, like like enthralling. Um, there's no way this is in the sevens. There's no way. The, the I think the, it's a strong seven. The, the, dude, the combination play of the U.S. Seven. was just as good as Ecuador's. The only thing that was missing was a goal. If anything, I think England's lack of impetus is why I put it at a at a lesser level. Well, if then they what about the able- Netherlands? The Netherlands were just as bad. Oh yeah, but I think the the. the Ecuador was able to get a goal in. I think there were goals involved in that match. Yeah, so and they were able to press and eventually almost win the match two one. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and it was, yeah, it was equally as unexpected. I do agree with you on that. Yeah, and I think I'll the- go. Okay, okay, you convinced me. You convinced me. <laughs> yeah, you made a good point. I, I'll give it an eight. Eight's good. Eight. Eight's good. I'll give it an eight. I'll give it an eight. <laughs> we have people doing bad. Ten minus four equals six. Nine. Great tactical game. Yeah, someone said a great tactical. Nine six. World Cup football isn't just about goals. It was a nine. I, I agree. Okay. I, I, okay. I, I'm I don't know. You, you like guys a, are right. Mid eight. We have another guy say zero. It was boring. I think that's just the how drastic it was. Six from an England perspective. Four from a USA perspective. Eight. Damn. Yeah. 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 Okay. That actually does. Yeah. That definitely is true. Because biased, I was definitely going for the US. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. We got a super chat in here, didn't we? We got multiple. We missed it. Oh man. From Amin Yazdambod. Great job, guys. Watching you every day after the games. Damn. Thank you, brother. That. Wales doesn't need U.S.-Iran to draw. If somehow they manage to win with three or more goals, they match England at four points with better goal difference. But uh, I'm confused. I think... Yeah, he's making an argument for... Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, Wales yeah. The thing is, I... If they beat England. I'm not taking... <sighs> Technically, he's right, but I'm not expecting Wales to score more than two. Yeah. So te- technically, that is true. Yeah. All right. Previewing games for tomorrow. Let's see what we got tomorrow. The first match of the day will be Tunisia versus Australia. You know what to do, producer. Right? Tunisia versus Australia. Tunisia coming off of a 0-0 tie against Denmark, where they ultimately did impress me getting a tie out of that match. And Australia losing 4-1 against France. Going into this match, it'll be interesting. Who wants it more? Who can yeah. step up? Personally, I think I'll be rooting for Tunisia, man. Oh, yeah. I'll be rooting for Tunisia. They yeah. have more fans in attendance. Yeah. They have a little bit more uh, talent on their team, I believe. And so I'm going to predict here a Tunisia victory. I'm going to agree. Not only do I think that's going to happen, I really do hope it happens, man. It'll make the group really interesting. I just don't see it from this Australian side, unfortunately. And I think Tunisia's got some interesting pieces going forward, man, that, that they could be that could be, make it fun at the very least. So, yeah, I think Tunisia is the better side. Although, I think Australia will try to keep it tight. I think they'll try. I agree. I agree. Chad thinks that Tunisia wins with 73%. Australia victory with 14% draw with 14 percent and that's the thing if tunisia wants a shot at getting out of this group they have to. they win gotta this win they this, gotta man. win this they one, have man. to they have to okay cool moving on to the next match following that game will be poland versus saudi arabia yeah. saudi arabia's sequel to the masterpiece God. that they had against argentina I'll be rooting for a Saudi Arabia oh, win here, man. Hell yeah. That's what I'll be rooting for. I need, And I think I personally would expect that too. As a Mexico fan, I want Saudi Arabia to get the win here so Poland can go down in the dumps and not have a chance to qualify. But I also do think Saudi Arabia has the momentum to get another victory. This Polish team did not convince me in how they approached the Mexico game. It was ultimately very underwhelming and having to rely on a Robert Lewandowski penalty that didn't go their way to win the match, not enough for me, man. Mm-mm. I think Saudi Arabia has the tenacity the grit and now 
the motivation of having a Rolls Royce parked in their parking lot <laughs> to get a victory here. I'm yeah. going Saudi Arabia wins this match. Yeah, I hope Saudi Arabia wins this match because this will easily be the greatest story at this World Cup if they immediately qualify after two games. Um, but not only that, I think they actually can do it. Even if I take away that Argentina win, based off of the way that they played Argentina, if they approach this, ga this game in the same way, they should beat Poland. Poland have no midfield presence. If you have oh, no. um, if you have the same defensive aggression that Saudi Arabia had against Argentina, they will dominate this Poland midfield. They will shut down Lewandowski, who's an, on an island, has no help in that offensive line, and then eventually that Polish line will break. So I think Saudi Arabia actually can expect to win this game, not by a lot, but I think they have a good chance at winning. So I'm going Saudi. <laughs> Abdul Agamdi. We're going to beat the shit out of them. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I love that motivation. Paul says, who wins Poland versus Saudi Arabia? Saudi Arabia, 57%. Okay. Poland, 22%. Draw, 21%. Thing is, I actually could see a draw being somewhat likely, though, because if Poland just sit back, accept the fact that they're not going to win the midfield, then it could just be a very tight game and nil-nil. Yeah. I actually could see that. It could that. be harder for them to score against Poland than it was for Argentina, because Argentina was pressing so high up at that, times. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next game, we have France against Denmark. France coming off of a masterful 4-1 win against Australia and Denmark coming off of a tie against Tunisia. We've seen it before in Nations League. Denmark, in a way, has France's number uh, in the Nations League. They've managed to beat them multiple times. Yeah. But I've been saying that, man, I just, on the biggest stage, in the World Cup stage, when it all comes down to how well you can perform on a, with everyone watching you, yeah. I don't think I see Denmark pulling out the result that uh, that uh, I don't see Denmark pulling out a result against France on a stage this big. I think France gets the victory here, and they continue just showing their defending championship prowess, bro. Yeah, they played yeah, so yeah. well in that first match. I'm low-key scared of this French team now, and I think they're going to show it again going up against the Danish. Yeah. I, this game will tell me a lot. It'll tell me a lot about France and uh, about Denmark as well. Denmark had the tougher game 100% against Tunisia. Denmark were very frustrated over the course of those 90 minutes. So if they respond knowing that, okay, this group is going to be tough, it's going to be physical, and we have to get a result against France. If they show up because of that tough game against Tunisia, then I think Denmark can actually have a chance at winning this game. They've beaten France multiple times very recently, and knowing how tough this group is, I think could actually propel Denmark to get a win here. But if they approach it the same way England and the Netherlands did today and just be complacent and try to just use their skill and that's it, then I think that championship prowess of France is going to take over. So a lot is going to be determined for me as in regards as to how Denmark's going to approach the rest of this tournament and to how France are too. France had an easy game against Australia, but are they complacent too, like England were today? Or are they like, all right, we know we're better than everybody. Let's just attack, 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 man. And I hope that they take that approach. If they do, then I think France will win, no matter how good Denmark are. But if France are a little complacent and Denmark come out aggressive, I think Denmark could get the result, but I'm going to go ahead and say France. Okay. Yeah. No, I completely get yeah. that take. Who wins France versus Denmark? 115 votes. France at 59%. Denmark at 26%. Draw at 15%. Yeah. yeah. yeah Denmark is going to have to play way better than they did against Tunisia. Way right? better. Way better. They're way better. Strides. But they can. They can. That's why I'm, that's why I'm excited for this game because I'm actually going to be rooting for Denmark, but they're really going to have to show up. I know that they can, whether they actually do, I'm a little concerned. Yeah.
And finally, the biggest match of the day, the headliner, the last match at the Lucille Stadium, the highest capacity stadium in Qatar, 80,000 people. Argentina faces off against Mexico, the classic South American, North American matchup that we've seen so many times in the World Cup has shown up again, and this time the stakes are as high as possible, man. Argentina coming off of one of the most disasterful, disaster, disasterful losses in their history, losing against Saudi Arabia 2-1, and Mexico coming off of a general, generally underwhelming performance against Poland, where they were the better team, but they weren't able to get that final goal. Yeah. What a match we have here because we've said it before. Argentina is weak right now. They are wounded. They yeah. can be taken advantage of. This Mexican team has a really good defense. Can their offense step step up and find a way to score goals? I ask all these questions because, man, I am rooting for a Mexican masterclass here. I'm rooting for another Mexico-Germany type of result. Oh, if you guys don't know, I am a Mexico fan, and I'm I'm happy. I'm happy that Argentina went through something so bad prior to facing off against us. Yeah. Because, because now our chances look as wide open as they've ever been before. You don't poke the bear, Reno, so I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know exactly what that means. He says Argentina 7-0. I get it now. <laughs> Folks, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I'm looking at the camera right now. Argentina is wounded. Argentina has, has, left, Argentina has left room for them to be exposed. Yeah. I see something special happening here for this lackluster Mexican team. And I'm telling you right now, Mexico <laughs> gets a 2-0 victory over this Argentine squad. Man. And I'm telling you, disaster, bro. Disaster. Disaster for Argentina. Disaster for their fan base. Disaster for South America. And the podcast we would have following that result, bro, you would go off. You would go off. Your your affirmations, your assumptions of this Argentine squad would come to fruition. Absolutely. And I would be as happy as a monkey, man. I'd be so <laughs> I'd be so happy, bro, to just shit on Argentina for once, man. It'd yeah, be great yeah, to yeah, finally yeah. beat them at the World Cup. So I have Argentina winning 2-0. We will be inviting a guest, Augustine from DFO, Debatable Football Opinions, who uh, is Argentine. So that podcast, the, the, tomorrow's episode is going to be crazy. Yeah, yeah. But I'm telling you right now, I will not sit down before saying this. Mexico will win the match, and I am going to be celebrating. So make sure to tune in tomorrow, man. That, that's all I have to say. They're winning the goddamn matchup, brother. God. I think it's – I think max it'll be a draw. <laughs> <laughs> max. But I think there's a good chance it'll be a draw. Like, as in, I don't think it would be a miracle if it happens. I think a win would be a miracle. I really do. I, to kind of go off that comment that said it would be just as big as a Saudi win, I actually agree, man. For Mexico to beat Argentina in this state, I think would be a miracle. Um, but now look, I want I want this to be very clear here. I'm going I'm I'm gonna be cheering for Mexico with my life. For real, my life. For real, I'm going to put everything I have on the line for this Mexican squad. I am praying. For Vega and Lozano to do something, praying, to go to, to dance out that wings. I, I hope that Luis Chavez and Edson Alvarez dominate and hound that Argentine midfield. I am praying that Moreno and Cesar Montes lock up Messi and Di Maria or Papu Gomez. I'm hoping that they get big and they get physical yes, and yes, knock sir. them down. Yes, man. sir. I want, I want to see Argentina on the ground <laughs> at the end of the day. And I, I want to see a Mexican tower over him, bro. I really do. I want to see Ochoa. 
put his big paw and t- <laughs> put his, extend his big paw out and lift over a ball over the crossbar, man. I really do. And I want to see Messi put his shirt over his goddamn head. Again. Again. And that's what I want to see. Max, though, I think it'll just be maybe 1 1 or 0 0. <laughs> that's it. God damn that's it, man. It. And realistically, I, I think Argentina are still favorites. Yeah. Like, nah, like, yeah. like good favorites. Nah, yeah. And so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough, man. It's going to be very, very tough. And <laughs> it, it, it's hard for me to see it, too, because, like, dude, the U.S. The Mexico can't even Mexico cannot match what the U.S. did today against England. Uh, they can't yeah, even at even Mexico's best cannot combine the same way that the U.S. did today. And the, the what or Canada, bro, or or Canada, they, they can't so. match them. And so it sucks because that USA team or that Canada team could beat Argentina tomorrow. They definitely could. Mexico need to play the best that they have played in the last four years for that to happen. I am praying for at least a draw because this would completely jumble it up and it'd give Mexico a really good chance oh, of getting out. Draw, if you get a draw, we're good to go. If you get a draw, you're good to go. Um, so let's see what happens. That is the game I've been, I think I've been waiting for for this whole second round. This is going to be an absolute banger at the very least. I cannot wait to see what happens. And let's, let's fucking go, Mexico, man. Come on. <laughs> bro, Messi's waiting for us, bro. I know. Messi's waiting for us. Man. I know. And he's he, angry. He has a whole nation to prove that this Argentine squad is actually here, right? Yeah. He, he has to prove to his Argentine people that, look, the Saudi Arabia game was a fluke. We're actually really good, and we have to destroy Mexico to prove it. So it's going to be very, very hard, I think, for Mexico. I'm, to be I'm completely terrified, honest. bro. Yeah. That's terrifying. It's terrifying. God damn it, man. Yeah. But if the same Argentine squad from Saudi Arabia shows up, man. Oh, yeah, you have a chance. We have a chance. We have a chance. We have a chance. Uh, Mexico 2-0, bro, would cause like a civil war in Argentina, <laughs> man. I don't know if we want that. I really don't know if we want that, man. <laughs> Dude, imagine, bro. Imagine after the unbeaten run they've had to. Oh, to lose two to in lose a row? two in a row? At the World Cup? They would be knocked out too, by the no, way. That would that would be that would be. No, I almost don't want that personally. I almost don't want that. Okay, Mexico oh. formation apparently Ooh. leaked, and they're playing a five-three-two. So what, uh, Montes Moreno and Araujo maybe? Araujo? Yeah. Or, or Johan Vasquez? <sighs> I'd, I'd actually rather play Araujo. I, just, I wonder who they would start. I I'd rather play, they play Araujo. Yeah, we need we need to check that out at some point. Poll says Argentina forty eight percent, Mexico thirty five percent, draw seventeen percent. Thing is, right. I'll take that because prior to the World Cup starting, that would have been ninety percent Argentina. Oh yeah, 10% oh Mexico. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I, I will take that gladly. That is true though, is that my chances of Mexico doing well here are actually higher. They're higher yeah. than they were uh, going into the tournament. One hundred percent agree. Yeah gonna be an incredible game man let me read some super chats here from carlos colunga navarro you can disrespect mex you can disrespect mexico when the how can you disrespect mexico when they have beaten france germany and croatia in the recent world cups yeah no yeah man, they do they do have a knack for beating they do have big a names. big knack. tie in brazil zero zero in 2014 yeah as well. yeah uh chris v vamos mexico carajo mexico lindo y querido mexico emoji mexico emoji mexico emoji this is going to be a physical game. Yes, Altair. I'm reading some of the chat right now. Let me see what else we got. I hope I hope it's physical. I hope Mexico really get aggressive against Argentina. Yeah, dude. That'll be their key to success. Okay. From Khalid, if if, so- if uh, Saudi Arabia wins tomorrow, do you think that they'll give Mexico the last game or they're going to fight? That'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. Uh, Darth Chewy, Saltero the Octopus, give us hope for Mexico, please. <laughs> <laughs> a draw, I think, would be a I win. I think a draw. I'll take a, a draw. A draw is a win. I'll take a draw, bro. <laughs> uh, on the Saudi Arabia question, 
I wonder. I wonder if perhaps they want to rest a few players if they have the, the assurance of being in the round of 16, man. I would. Especially with the the yellow car rule that's yeah. happening right yeah. now with maybe getting guys uh, knocked out of games because of uh, accumulation. And also considering how hard Saudi Arabia play, if I'm Renard, I definitely rest my best players because um, I just don't want them to get hurt. I don't want them to overexert themselves physically. So 100%, if they beat Poland and qualify – I'm definitely resting some of my guys if I'm Renard. Saudi Arabia becomes the the twenty eight. This becomes the twenty two any becomes the twenty twenty two version of South Korea for us. In yeah, twenty eighteen. Yeah, just our helping hand, our helping <laughs> brothers. Yeah, who could imagine? We need to wear the green shirts to bring back the Saudi trauma. Yeah, I guess Mexico. Yeah, have them wondering just like fucking stage vu. Yeah, stage vu. Another green team. <laughs> My Saudi brothers, I love that you guys are winning, but Mexico will win. From Juan Galvana donation, appreciate that, brother. Really Thank do. You, Mexico 1-0 uh, victory. Funes Mori goal at the 99th minute. <laughs> hey, fellow ex-Argentine. Yeah, I love it. Argentina is still a good team. Without changing much, I see a comfortable win. No fairy tale for Mexico. Yeah. All right, man. So we previewed the matches. We've rated the matches from today. We've gone over the matches that happened. Uh, any thoughts? Any side note things that stood out to you this World Cup so far? We're in match day six now, I believe. We're going to fulfill the weekend slot now. What are you thinking? No, all I'll say is this. The round two of the group stage, I think, is my favorite round. Because the first rounds, I, I think a lot of teams are always a little nervous, so maybe we don't get exactly what we want. And then going to round three, sometimes the games are already decided, right? People are already through. People are already eliminated. But round two, you really see the teams that are real at this tournament, man. Whether a team says, look, we had a good game one, now we're going to show out in game two. Or we had a bad first game, and now we have to undo that and redeem ourselves in the second round. I love the second round of the group stage because we really get a good picture of who is here. And today, I think we saw the resurgence of Iran. We saw the best Ecuadorian side I have ever seen and maybe the team with the most chemistry going into this whole group stage. And we saw a really, really good USA squad today, man. A team that kind of redeemed that tie against Wales, in my opinion, even though they only drew against England today. So I love this second round so much. And dude, we only have more of this awaiting us man we're gonna see saudi arabia if they're truly here at this world right. cup we're gonna see mexico try and see if they can be just as aggressive the way they were against poland are argentina going to redeem themselves but you can extend that to the rest of the teams in this group spain didn't really have a first game are they going to show up against germany germany need a win there's a uh, japan are they going to vilify that 2-1 win against Germany and go off on Costa Rica, win 4-5-0? There are so many things that can happen. Ghana, South Korea having their second game. I love this second round. It might be my favorite round, and I cannot wait to see what is waiting for us for this rest of this group stage. Yeah, I think something to note is just the, the favorites so far from that first round. I think Brazil, Spain, and France showed the best performances so far. The rest of the teams, though, I think, I think from what we've seen, I feel like the gap isn't that big, man. Yeah. Between yeah. between the level of an average team at the World Cup and a big team. Yeah. There's a, there's chances here. We're seeing a lot of upsets, and I think it's for yeah. good reason, bro. Absolutely. These international teams are prone to mistakes. They're prone to playing down to the level of their opponents, yes. and they're taking advantage, man. Yes. And I love it, man. I want the second round to have more upsets because so far it feels like every day we're having at least one upset a day. Mm. And so I wanted to continue, bro. I want to continue, and uh, 
So far, that Brazil-France matchup still looking very likely going into the final based off of, based off of how both those teams play to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Neymar injured. Neymar, Neymar injured. injured. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. The ankle like, didn't look too good. And uh, yeah. I think they said that he will be out throughout the group stage. group stage. But assuming they qualify for the knockout stages, he will be back. So I'm hoping that he does. Same with Danilo, apparently. Danilo's out, too? That's what the chat's saying. The chat's telling me these things, Danilo's man. Danilo's out. Danilo's out, too. All right. Damn, man. All right. I man. guess you start what Teles is Teles here. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you guys for watching, man. It's going to be a great, great day of games tomorrow as well. Argentina, Mexico. We have a crazy live stream scheduled for you guys with Augustine from DFO coming. I cannot wait, man. And if mm. Mexico wins that match, bro, I'm going to do this whole live stream without my shirt on. <laughs> I'm get a sombrero too, man. I'll get a sombrero. I'll get as Mexican get a Mexican, as I play. Have a Mexican Corona's flag in my on. hand, bro. Have a Mexican flag. Yeah, like, draped clothing. around you. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. I'm going to go crazy. You the way, have to. And the way you'll shit on Argentina, if they end up oh, losing, I, yeah. will be a performance of absolute <laughs> quality, man. It'll be incredible to see. All right, guys. We'll catch you guys soon. Stay safe, and we'll see you. Peace. Peace, guys. Thank you.